Hey everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the For the Win podcast. It's Hemel. I feel a little unnecessarily cheerful today, but it's a little weird. I know it's, it's a, little a little weird, weird. right? It is very weird. Uh, anyway, welcome to the podcast. Joining me today is Nina Mandel, our managing editor. Hey, Nina. Hi. How are you? Well, you're cheerful. You just said you're very cheerful, which I, is weird. Why are you cheerful? I'm not. I I flipped a switch for for the podcast. <laughs> it's like you know that dancing frog in those old like those old cartoons where like when people are watching it's dead and then all of a sudden it like puts on a top hat and starts yes. singing that's where is your top hat sorry i don't have the top hat or the cane i have to go now <laughs> <laughs> or the dance moves <laughs> anyway uh it's friday and you're here to talk about some nfl action which i will freely admit that i missed last night because i went to a broadway show or i went to a musical not a broadway show i went to a show so I have no idea what happened like last night, except that I woke up this morning and a bunch of stuff happened yeah. <laughs> as what happens in sports. <laughs> there is a bunch of stuff. And the sad thing is, is that so Thursday night football, Thursday night football is terrible, right? Like nobody likes Thursday night football. Well, nobody watches Thursday night football. I feel I feel like the games this season, the Thursday night games this season have actually been interesting, right? There's been a series of like close competitive games that have suddenly gotten interesting. But generally, I agree with you. Thursday night football, people are very like they're exhausted with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's too much football. It's bad for player safety. And one of those player safety things we saw, well, this wasn't really a result of Thursday night football. This was a result of a bad moment in football was it was the end of the first half and Joe Flacco was um sliding down which means that you're not supposed to tackle the quarterback mm-hmm. but Kiko Alonso on the Miami Dolphins went in for it and got in a pretty vicious hit and gave Flacco a concussion and it's you know I think concussions obviously are a huge deal in football and they're really hard to watch and this one was definitely really hard to watch you know you can see uh, Flacco get up and he's very clearly dazed yeah. um, and then everybody started you know there's mayhem John Harbaugh was on the field screaming Nobody was happy. It was just really, really ugly. And there was a big debate about whether Alonzo should have been uh, taken out of the game. He wasn't. About whether he'll be suspended. We don't know yet. Um, you think he'll be suspended, though? I have no idea. <laughs> I, You know, I think there's two schools of thoughts on it. Um, and I really don't know enough about the NFL's decision-making process to say that he should be suspended or not. But I do think that this is, you know, I think that... On Having once- not seen the play, I will I will say, looking at just the photo of him, like, trying to get up from the hit, I will say he should be suspended. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yes. Uh, you know, I think that's the easy gut reaction. Yeah, that, that's that, mine, that is, too. Yeah. But... Um, I'm not saying he will. I'm saying, Jesus, just looking at the photos, it looks like he should be. But, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so... Yeah. I, you know, I was just watching um, a Sports Illustrated video about this, and one of the things that their video host brings up, and I think this was right, is that football is really easy to say, you know, when we're watching it, like, oh, you knew he was sliding, but Flacco was a second late sliding, and that's what Alonzo's justification was, mm-hmm. and I think that you have to make these quick decisions about what you're doing, and he made the wrong one, and he made a dangerous one, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if he made a suspendable one. Uh- I think he definitely should have been out of the game, but... I don't know about suspension. Yeah, I mean, again, I always bring everything back to the NHL because that's what I have the most familiarity with. But hits, questionable hits happen like this all the time in the NHL, but that's because the game moves much faster, right? So there's a lot more, I don't want to say subtlety, but there's a lot more margin of error when it comes to actually calling these hits, which is why they've instituted uh, all these replays. Um, And they take that very seriously because these hits are happening very quickly, very fast. Uh, How do you think uh, this hit compares to Aaron Rodgers? Uh, 
wasn't that late also like he like the Aaron Rodgers hit he just uh, hadn't had the ball for like an hour and he still got (laughs) slammed yeah um yeah I don't know I would have to watch the Aaron Rodgers hit again but I think that like no matter what like these guys move a lot faster than we can actually think about how fast they move so Mm -hmm. it's like it's making these these decisions you know even if they do seem really late to us and Mm -hmm. you know I always wonder how much of is it how much is intentional and I think a lot of it is and a lot Mm -hmm. of it you know should result in fines and we talk about player safety so like let's be serious about that and a lot of it is it's a split second decision and people make the wrong one all the time yeah I mean sounds and that's why I'm not a football player (laughs) I mean it sounds very reasonable (laughs) that's not we're not here for reason Nina we're here for hot takes (laughs) but it mostly made me sad because Joe Flacco um so I don't know if it's because I'm from Baltimore because I you know remember when he started in the league or whatever but I've always been more favorable towards Flacco mm-hmm. than I think any other sports writer. I think he gets the worst rap. I mean, so he gets... I, it's definitely because you're from Baltimore. <laughs> it's not, though. I'm not a Ravens fan at all. But I think he gets all of this crap because mm-hmm. he has a huge contract. But he got a huge contract because they messed around with his negotiations and then he won the a Super Bowl. And then they had to pay him. Like, that's how capitalism works, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if someone's like, oh, well, you know, you're great at your job, but, like, you shouldn't take all the money you deserve because, you know, that's not great for your team. Like, yeah. five years. That, dude, you win them a Super Bowl. Like, exactly. if you win them a Super Bowl, you get all the money. That's how this works. That's how this works. Yeah. Like, you can skate on that. I mean, skate technically on that accomplishment for quite some time. Again, happens in hockey all the time. You're paying people to give you one or two championships at most basically is what people expect and then all of the rest of your seasons can either be up or down or productive or non-productive exactly so like <laughs> it's not his fault and now he's you know so you're a flacco <laughs> apologist we figured I am, that I'm out i'm a total flacco <laughs> apologist um i get a lot of crap on twitter about this and Stephen ruiz broke down why he's especially bad this year <laughs> and i, I get Steven. that i, I know love Steven. <laughs> but you know he's 32 years old man like give the guy a break yeah uh, um, you don't want to pay him, you shouldn't have paid him Sorry. I, yeah, I feel that way about athletes when they sign huge contract deals anyway. That's just long-term, big-money contract deals. No one is going to be able to sustain that level of elite play for that long unless you're Tom Brady and you stop eating nightshades <laughs> or whatever it is he does <laughs> to be elite all the time. But I think for most of us, like, it's just not going to happen. Like, that's just the way it is. Um for most of the athletes, I mean, not for, for any of us because we suck. We're not great at sports. I am great at sports. That's true. You might be. Yes. Um, but yes, I think that's uh, that's part and parcel of the deal is that you don't, you know, you expect a decent amount of sustainability, but not huge. Um, but for Flacco to be 32 and he's been in the league as long as he has been in the league and to get like just knocked out is is worrying. Yeah, it's scary. And I think this is the other thing about why, you know, he should get paid. I think they should all get paid a lot because they all play a very dangerous Mm -hmm. game where you have a chance, you know, like no matter what Kiko Alonso did, if you did that on the street or in a lot of sports, you you know, you'd be in big trouble. When he did it, it was a football play. It was a bad football play. It was a dirty football play, but it was still something that happens when you play football. And that's why you should get paid a lot of money because those are the risks that you're taking. Yeah, it's like hazard pay. We pay, you know, firefighters and all these people get obviously not as much money as uh, football players, but they get hazard pay for going into dangerous situations. And it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, what else did I miss while well, I was thoroughly hating Book of Mormon, which you hated Book of Mormon? Yeah, I saw it last night and I 100 percent hated I'm it. I'm like not surprised by that because everybody else likes it. I know. 
<laughs> anyway, we. I mean, it's well established. I hate everything, but I especially hate it. I mean, I just didn't like it. I understand why people liked it, but I I watched it last night and was not a fan. Um, what else did I miss in football? Okay, so the other thing you missed in football, and this was off the field, was mm. there's a great ESPN article about what happened when players and owners uh, got into a room to talk about the protests during the yeah. national anthem. And I'm using very carefully protests during the national anthem because they are not protesting the national anthem. Exactly. Um, so one of the things that happened was they had this uh, quote from the Texans owner where he said that he can't let the uh prisoners run the jail or no the inmates run oh, yeah. the jail we inmates run the jail right yeah, inmates so, run the prison <laughs> according <laughs> according to don van natta and seth uh, wickersham yeah yeah we can't have the inmates running the prison so Woo, that's not boy. a great thing to say no <laughs> uh he apologized we should point out this morning um mm-hmm. but you know that's out there and i think whether he meant it or not you should be more careful when you choose your words about racially charged situations like these are i just okay i read the apology which was the same apology we get every time somebody messes up right it, i mean it's the same old i'm sorry that you thought this thing was offensive <laughs> like right. it's <laughs> it's the it's it's always the non apology um <clears throat> At this time, we're used to it. We can kind of brush it off. Uh, um, but what was in uh, the sports world did not react well to it, I'm assuming. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's a ridiculous quote. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible quote. Yeah. Um, and so the sports world was very angry, including a lot of players and a lot of players from other leagues. Um, Draymond Green tweeted out or he posted on Instagram that it reminded him of something that Donald Sterling, the ousted former oh, yeah. Clippers owner, would say. Yes. And that's something that Reggie Bush said as well. Uh, Richard Sherman said that he was glad that he said it because at least people are showing their true colors. And I think what we have to remember is that down the road, and I know Texas is a big state. Don't yell at me, Texas. uh, You have Jerry Jones, who is the owner of the Cowboys, and he's saying that he will cut any player that protests during the national anthem. So this is, you know, not surprising that maybe they're not choosing their words most carefully because they might, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like... The owners obviously are just always looking out for the bottom line, right? They definitely very much just want to keep the focus on what is happening on the field without anything, you know, what they say, stick to sports. But this brings up an interesting parallel to me in terms of what we were just talking about with Flacco, which is that these guys are putting their bodies and their minds in a lot of danger, right? And to and those comments just highlight how how big that disparity is like we just want you to use your body we just want you to play we just want you to get you know get us points get us touchdowns uh, and then we don't want to be responsible for anything else after that right like no thought given to how players may feel in the current situation no thought given to the complicated racial dynamics of the majority of the league being black and most of the owners being white um that that disparity is uh, it's it's unsettling yeah it's unsettling and the whole stick to sports thing yeah we say stick to stick to sports but they want them to be role models right like right. they want to, them to be well-behaved role models who mm-hmm. go do charity work and i think a lot of them do some impressive charity work right and including one of the texans players jj watt who has led the effort in rebuilding houston and he announced his plans yesterday um for how he was going to distribute all of the money that he raised. So mm-hmm. if we want people to stick to sports and you have to say, all right, JJ, you can't rebuild Houston. All right. Um, 
Yeah, they 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 don't want you to get political in ways that they disapprove of, right? They want you to stick to sports, but uh, do non-controversial things that they approve of, right? I mean, and this is not to take away from what J.J. Watt is doing, because what J.J. Watt is doing is fantastic. But what Chris Long is also doing is amazing as well, right? He's giving all of his game checks to charitable causes. Yeah, they're actually going to scholarships. Um, oh, okay. They're going to Charlottesville, which is where he's from, okay. which is awesome. And it, that's another thing. You know, I think one of the things that you have to recognize. That's political. Like what JJ, what Chris Long is doing is political. Yeah, absolutely. That's he's an absolutely political of, thing. Yeah, he's yeah. talked a lot about the advantages that he's had and how he wants to help people who haven't had those advantages. Okay. And I think that, you know, that is something that yeah. is more political than what JJ is doing, but it's still pretty great. Um, Well, they're both very good. And another <laughs> thing that they're doing... Doug Baldwin and I'm going to forget what other players, Malcolm Jenkins maybe, um, mm-hmm. had a great op-ed in CNN and they talked to lawmakers about mm-hmm. reforming federal sentencing guidelines, um, which is something that I think is a little more political than what J.J. Watt's doing, probably mm-hmm. more political than what Chris Long is doing, but mm-hmm. something that even him and Roger Goodell agreed on. Um, so, so it seems like, would you say that there's more room for that kind of stuff as long as it's technically done off the field? So I think that we would like to think that. Um, But then I think that we had this, you know, team owner saying this super racist stuff. So I I, I think one of the things that the NFL, like all like all big corporations are good at is making you believe that there's progress when there might not be as much progress as we want to believe. It's definitely if there is progress, it's incremental. But one thing that I've given up on is kind of changing the institution, right? The NFL is going to do what the NFL is going to do because there's so much money at stake. And what I find really encouraging is athletes being more outspoken. Like we've we've already seen it with the NBA, right? And usually the way we see it is athletes... Uh, using their own private foundations, kind of like the Colin Kaepernick model, right? Like they use their own foundations, they start their own nonprofits, and they tend to do great things in the community, especially with populations that are underserved. And I'm really encouraged because we're starting to see this happen in the NFL, but also in a much more political way, like writing op-eds for CNN, like talking about prison reform in more ways that engage the system versus just trying to work like around the system, right? So that to me is a big change and not something that I feel like I've seen recently. Yeah, maybe not recently, but I think we have to keep in mind that athletes do have a huge history of making change through political statements. And right, you know, right, Muhammad right. Muhammad Ali, you know, yeah, a long history of yeah. it. But, but yeah, definitely now it's a new renaissance. It's and I definitely think it's something new because there was a long period of complacency, right? A long period of people working and doing what they needed to do privately within foundations. Not that people didn't engage before, but I feel like we've seen a surge. Do you think it's a surge or do you think we're just paying more attention to it? I think maybe both. I also think it's easier for people to get their message out there. You know, I'm talking about something that Draymond Green said on Instagram. That's a sentence that we wouldn't have said 10 years ago or 20 years yeah. ago. So Dray could, Draymond could have been saying that to reporters, but it wouldn't have gone as viral as everyone picking up that Draymond Green compared mm-hmm. the Texans owner's statement to the Austin Clippers owner. Mm-hmm. And also, you you know, comparing, I think we all look at Colin Kaepernick's Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just easier for them to get their message out there. Yeah. I mean, it's much easier for them. And I wonder if they've also kind of um, seen each other do it. Right. So there's more support within that community of like, OK, we've here's an example that this person has set that we can I don't want to say piggyback on, but we can definitely learn from um, and do that to. Again, we have not seen much of it in the NHL, though. Definitely not political activism. There's all kinds of activism, not social activism per se. You know, a lot of charity work gets done. A lot of good work gets done. 
um, but I wouldn't classify it as social or political. Yeah. Do you think we're ever going to see that from the NHL? No, never. You that that culture is. I mean, it would take a watershed player to make that kind of change. Like what we saw with the, you know, the Penguins going to the White House, which is a huge political thing. It. Yeah, it depends on if you're a Penguins fan or not. I would say that it turned into way more of a controversy than the league or the team wanted. They kind of just wanted to get in and get out, and that is not possible right now. Um, but you saw with that, like, how deeply ingrained that culture is of, you know, team always comes first. There's very little room for individuality and what a player would have to do to be able to like go against that system. I don't think we've seen that player yet. So I it's, if it's coming, it's coming like a long time from now. All right, Nina, thanks so much for hanging out. Um, if you guys have any thoughts about book of Mormon, also tweet at me or tweet at Nina. <laughs> no, I didn't say this. <laughs> I pointed out that everybody else liked this musical. I know everybody else. Don't did. tweet at me for Hamill being the worst. I know I hated it. And, uh, I'll maybe explain later. So <laughs> happy Friday. Yeah. So I am at Hem Javeri. Nina is at Nina Mandel. You can always send your comments and reactions to us at For the Win or rate and review us on iTunes. And we will see you on Tuesday. Bye. Thanks.